You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. On a path. It's called the journey of life. And each of us are trying to navigate through the twists and turns, the ups and downs, the mountaintop and the valleys of this thing called life. And as I walk up this hill, it takes me to one of the most beautiful views in Oracle. It overlooks the town and the surrounding communities, but it also overlooks a place that is sobering. You see, down below is the Oracle Cemetery. It reminds us that our journey has an end on this side of heaven because there are many bodies in these graves, but there is one body that isn't there. It's not in any grave. It's not in any tomb. It's a body of Jesus Christ, who is the only one who rose from the dead. And because of him, we celebrate every year. You see, he is risen and he still meets people on the path of life to restore us, to save us, and to give us hope. I want to start out my message this morning by going to some scripture in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 7. And it says there, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. And while this incredible event is happening at the empty tomb, there are two disciples that are walking out of Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. And these disciples were not part of the 11 who were in Jerusalem. In fact, they would probably be irrelevant to the story, but God made them important to the narrative of the Easter story. And it shows us that there is not a person that lacks importance in the economy of God. Every person is important. If you're watching here today and you feel a lack of worth, you need to know that you are important to God. And he loves you and he cares for you. And he's got a great plan for your life. And and, and as these two disciples, they encountered what they thought and who they thought was a stranger. In fact, it was Jesus. And the encounter would become a life-changing event. And isn't it like this with God? Every real encounter with Jesus Christ becomes a life-changing event. I remember 27, almost 28 years ago when I met Jesus Christ for the first time, when he came into my life, it was a life-changing event. You see, it's still happening today because he is 
alive. And so I want to bring four ways that Jesus being alive will change your life. The first way is this. He's alive to help you see God present in your life. Let me ask you a question. Do you see the evidence of God in your life? Is God in the lens of your everyday living? Because when Jesus is absent from your life, we cannot see God for who he is because Jesus came to this earth to reveal the Father. The Apostle Paul put it like this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and he is supreme over all creation. You see, I've come to find out that God shows up a long time before we ever recognize he's there. When I was at my worst, God was there. When I was blind to him, he was there. But I didn't see him. And maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you don't see God in your life. You don't see the evidence of him. But when you fix your eyes on Jesus, when Jesus becomes real, everything changes in your life. Let's go back to the narrative in verse 13 of chapter 24. It says, the same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that, that had happened. And they as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. You see, one of the greatest problems for these disciples after his death on the cross was living with him absent in their lives. For three years, he had showed them the love that they had never known. Uh, he had healed the sick. He had, he had delivered those with demonic oppression. He had fed multitudes. And these two disciples on the road to Emmaus revealed the truth many of us have lived out. Sometimes Jesus is there but we don't see him. Jesus knows what we talk about. He cares about what we say. And most people are conflicted in life. And when we're confl uh, conflicted in life, we wonder where God is. You see, I had religion, but religion absent of Jesus is vanity. And what I've come to find out is God's timing is perfect. He knows when to open up our eyes to our Savior. We don't recognize his presence because of the distractions and the chaos of life. And we've had plenty of distractions and plenty of chaos in the previous year. And as we go into 2021, there, there's distractions and there's chaos. But Jesus wants to make himself known to you. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. And he wants to prove to you that he is real. And when, when, when all of this chaos and all of these distractions are in our life, it, it, it seems to steal our joy. And so the second way that we know that he's alive is he's alive to provide the joy to get you through. You ask, through what? Through life. You know, I, I got a dear friend in, in New York that called me yesterday with, with, a, with a problem and, and a, a, a very, very difficult situation. And he asked me to pray for him. He said, you know, you're the only one that I have to call. And, and, and as he called me, I said, we can call on Jesus. I got a call today from someone that, that was on, on his uh, hospice bed. 
waiting, uh, you know, for his last day to be, to be, uh, to be here on earth. And I was able to, to pray with him. You see, there's so much chaos. There's so much difficulty that we face in life with addictions, with all the things that we cannot overcome. And nothing makes sense without God in our lives. And the enemy of our soul, he plays havoc on a daily basis trying to steal the joy from our life. I'm pretty sure that someone here is, is struggling to find joy that you so desperately need. And you need to know that Jesus cares. He cares about what you're going through. We find in the narrative in verse 17, he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there in the last few days. You see, a world absent of God is a very sad place. When our world is filled with Jesus, there is a lot to be joyful about. You see, these disciples must have forgotten the words that Jesus had spoken to them before he went to the cross. In John 15, verse 11, he said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Let me ask you a question. Are you overflowing with joy? Or is your life absent of joy? Your source of joy is not found in a church building. Your source of joy is not even found in a sermon. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, wherever Jesus went, he turned sadness into joy. That's why Cleopas and the other disciple were so sad when he was gone. How could someone so powerful, so full of joy be gone from their lives? But here's the good news. He wasn't gone. He would rise from the dead. And because he's not in the tomb and because he's not dead, the hope of joy in your life is alive and well. And no one and nothing can steal your joy. But do you notice that the, the, the two disciples, not only were, were, were they sad and their, their joy was, was depleted, but they were depleted of faith. And the third way that we know that he's alive is he's alive to initiate your faith in God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel full of faith. And then there are some times that I feel depleted of faith. And I don't know where you're at in, in, your, in your life, especially in your faith life, but I know that God wants to provide the faith that you need and the hope that you need to be your anchor in the most difficult of times. And what I've come to find out in my life is that Jesus is my faith builder and he's my faith supplier. The writer of Hebrews put it like this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. And when it says that he is seated on the throne, it means that he's alive. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, because his work on earth is done. He's Lord over death because he conquered the grave. 
And still there are people who don't believe and the reason for their unbelief is because they still have Jesus in the tomb that is really empty. So their faith is empty. It lack, it lacks faith. And Jesus told the two disciples, he said in verse 25, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took him through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. <laughs> Could you imagine that? It's the greatest Bible study ever. The, the, the word of God explaining the word of God. Jesus telling them everything that is written is pointing to me. You see, life will never make sense with Jesus being absent from it because from the beginning of life to the end of life, it's all about Jesus. It's about him fearfully and wonderfully making each one of us. It's about him giving us a life and a life abundant. It's about him saying that even if we die, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Everything in life is about Jesus and Jesus cared about Cleopas and Jesus cared about that other disciple and he taught him that the scriptures, all the scriptures are a scarlet thread pointing to Jesus, telling us that he is our restoration, he is our hope, that he's the one that came because we need forgiveness. He's the one that came to give us a, a, a new start in life and if you need a new start, you need to know that Jesus is your answer. He's your starting point. If you're navigating through difficulty, he is the one that helps you walk through whatever you're going through. The things that we face, there's no way that we can face them without God. There's no way that we can face them without Jesus. He is our peace in the midst of the storm. He's the one who calms the wind and all the craziness of life. And Jesus has a plan for you. And his plan is for good. His plan is to give you a great life, to prosper you, to, to fill you with the goodness of God. And that's what he had for Cleopas, and that's what he had for the other disciples. See, all of these disciples on Easter morning, Easter morning, they needed to know that their hope was real, that their faith was in something that would fulfill the needs of life. And that's what we need to know. You see, the fourth way that Jesus being alive will change your life is that he's alive to stir our heart, to trust him with our lives. God is the only trustworthy object, entity, and person in life. He's the only one that will not let you down. He's the only one that will stand with you through the most difficult of times. Believe me, Pastor James has faced some difficult times. I have navigated through some of the most difficult times in the, in, the, in the last couple of months, but I found that God has got me through. This is not just words that I speak. This is a life that can be changed. And there's someone that God is speaking to you and he's stirring your heart. That conviction that's going on, that's not a sermon. That's the, that's the presence of the Almighty God working inside of your heart and your soul. And what he wants to do is he wants to commune with us he wants to break bread with us. He wants to come into our life in those most intimate places, in those places that we need him to go and bring life change that only he can bring. In verse uh, 30, 
It says, 29, it says, by the time they were nearing Emmaus, at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if they, as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them, and suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. I believe that there's someone here today that you're watching and you're begging Jesus to stay. You're begging God to become a part of your life. You're begging God not to leave you because of the difficult time that you're in. And God wants you to know that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will stay true till the end. I also believe that there are eyes that are being opened today. Jesus is here to make himself real in your life. And in verse 32, it says, They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? You see, Cleopas and the other disciple had their hearts stirred by God to lead them to trust their Savior, Jesus Christ. And I believe that hearts are being stirred today. And can I tell you, that's not me. That's Jesus. He's using this person as a vessel, but it's him speaking to you, into your life. He's speaking into your circumstance, to your situation, whatever you're dealing with, whether it's depression, whether it's addiction, whether it's, 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 it's thoughts of suicide, whether it's thoughts of loneliness, whether it's anger or whatever you're dealing with, whether you're in a, in a major, major split in your life, and you feel like if you're all alone, God is saying to you right now, you're not all alone. My plan for you is great, and I want to come and take over your life. I want to come and, and help you with, with whatever you're facing. And I want to come so that you will never taste death because I am alive, and if you believe in me, you will live. You see, the Holy Spirit... He makes the resurrection of Jesus real to us today. And that very hour, with urgency, these two disciples ran to the others in Jerusalem. They had, they had walked out of Jerusalem, but now they, they, they run with urgency seven miles to Emmaus so that they could tell the disciples. It says, and within the hour, they were on their way, way back to Jerusalem and they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen and he appeared to Peter. You see, this is, this is your moment with God. And God has a special plan for your life, just like he had a special plan for, for those two disciples that would not have been a part of the Easter story if Jesus had not gone to them on their life journey, on their path of life. And God knows where you're at. He knows where you're sitting. He knows where you live, whether you are in New York or in California or in Arizona or in New Mexico. God knows you. He knows every hair on your head and he knows every hair that's not on your head. He knows everything about us. And he loves you with an unfailing love and his plan for you is greater. And this is a beautiful day. 
for you to say yes to Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made so that you can rejoice and be glad in him. And I want to lead you to take the first step in giving your life to Jesus Christ. The greatest step that you could ever take. And it's simple. It's just pray this prayer with me. Just pray, Lord, today I have decided to follow Jesus. Today I am making him the Lord of my life. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and especially for rising from the dead. I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I pray. God loves you so much. If you prayed that prayer, you are in the family of God. And and your path has just changed forever because God has come into your your journey of life and he's going to walk with you through whatever you're facing, through whatever you're going through. And his plan for you is so incredibly awesome. And we love, for you, we love to know if you, if you said yes to Jesus for the first time, we'd love for you to, to, to put your, the, the emoji hallelujah praise hands and just raise the roof in your house. Raise it up. Woo-hoo-hoo. All the way up because God loves you so much. You can put on the, on the comments, I said yes to Jesus today and we're rejoicing with you at Living Word Chapel. We want to be a church that comes alongside and helps you on your journey of faith. We're a church that loves and we empower and we transform people through the living word because it's the living word that changes your life. It's the word of God that does what we could never do and know that he has an amazing plan for your life and he will be here for you for whatever you go through. So God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful Easter. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.